Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Welcome to episode 30 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. I don't need any firearms training. Take two. Hey, <laughs> take two. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it blewed up. I don't know what happened. I like how you didn't even get through the first sentence and it just quit on you. Yeah, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> what could put... <laughs> oh, man, famous last words. I think Custer was the first one that said that. Maybe I mean, King Leonidas. Kind of ties in with the title of the show, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Well, I just want to talk to you guys about this. Um, We're going to talk about the title of the show, but let's go ahead and get out what we did last week. Or in guns. One of the things I did with firearms was take my Ruger SR-22 semi-automatic pistol out and shoot it at 15 yards. Not only as part of doing a review, but just um, kind of relaxation for me. Uh, I, I think the term is gun, gun yoga. And it just it, it's the deep breathing and trigger pull and concentration and all of that. I really enjoy that part of shooting. So that's what I went and did. And it was a lot of fun. And I was able to shoot two-inch groups at 15 yards using federal bolt, federal bolt packs. And uh, we finally got uh, John uh, <clears throat> is an FFL, and he sent us all the uh, parts to complete the 2A4E AR-15 that we're going to raffle off. So uh, once I get all his information, he's just a home FFL doing it on his own. So he doesn't even have like a building where he sells stuff. He just does stuff for him and his friends, but he reached out and helped us out. And I really appreciate that, John. What about you, Sean? Um, I have no idea. It's been a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, like, it's almost the episode that wasn't because all the crazy <laughs> stuff I've been going through. But yeah, it's uh, we'll just move along. Just moving right along. But I just find it funny that you and I are gun guys. We got right. into this because, uh, you know, firearms, because it was it was just a fun thing to do. And now it's to the point, hey, what are you doing good? I can't remember what I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I did a lot of stuff, and I don't remember it. But it was fun while it lasted, but I don't remember it. Well, and that's, that's kind of the whole thing is it's become a full-time thing, right, between the business and teaching courses and doing martial gun craft over at uh, Martial Strength. Um, the, the activist work that we do, the, it's just, it's pervasive, (laughs) right? It's like, so what did you do in guns this week? My whole life, (laughs) my whole life last week was completely involved in second amendment stuff, gun stuff, firearm stuff. It just, yeah, all of it. I, I existed within (laughs) this universe and that's what I did in guns. But I do have to say, yeah, but I do have to say I enjoy what I do. It's just sometimes it becomes hectic. Um, Let's go ahead and um, then add in some legislative, which is only given the dates out. August 2nd in Tennessee is a primary. Go vote. Pick out your Second Amendment guy. 
or girl, whatever, candidate, and go vote for that person in the primary. Also, Kansas and Washington have their primary on August 2nd. We have to get off our butts. I just did an interview. Uh, I was a guest on Gun Funny on the Firearms Radio Network. And Sean Heron, one of the hosts, asked, what's the biggest problem? Do I see the biggest problem in the firearms community? Apathetic gun owners. People that don't get off their butts. As much as they bluster online, in the minutes it takes them to find out who's their Pro 2A candidate and go vote for them, they won't do it. Oh, I didn't have time to get to the polls. Polls are open minimum 12 hours. You're full of crap. <laughs> you're full of crap. You have 12 hours. Or if you're so busy, you can fill out an absentee ballot. So, yeah, biggest problem, one of the biggest problems we have is apathetic gun owners, undereducated gun owners. And um, that's actually kind of sort of the theme of the show today. Well, who said it? So, uh, guns have two enemies politicians and rust very much so right and we we try to take the hands off the wheel as if we're not responsible as the people quote unquote for selecting the politicians if you didn't vote you did right. inaction is an action <laughs> it's like not doing it <laughs> yes not doing something is actually doing something if you don't go vote you allowed someone else to your vote did not count because you didn't vote and you end up with an anti-gun governor like we have in New Jersey who said immediately his goals were to raise taxes make the place a sanctuary state and be 100% anti-gun control that anything I mean anti-gun and anything that came across his desk he was going to sign that was pretty much restricting or infringing upon your Second Amendment, right? And that, go wrong. Yeah, and that was the platform he ran on. And what happened? Only 30% of the voters, registered voters in New Jersey came out and voted. There are a million gun owners in New Jersey that could have upset that apple cart big time because there was a less than 150,000 voter difference between him and the Republican that he ran against. So I'm just saying, if a third of the gun owners in the state would have come out, we wouldn't have this situation where we're, we're having 10-round magazines. And that's not even the worst part. That's what people concentrate on. The ability of anyone in your family to make a phone call and say they don't think you should own a gun and you're dangerous, get your guns taken until you can prove that you're not. But let's just keep concentrating on the 10 rounds. <laughs> what was that? You there, Sean? All right, so that's the end of this segment. We'll come back with Gear Whore. <laughs> All right, we're back. With the I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a conspiracy. There's no way every time I 
start talking about your civil rights and the Fourth Amendment and, and unlawful search and seizure and your right to due process, all of a sudden the feed gets cut. I'm telling you, it's a conspiracy, man. They, they shut down cell towers on 78 just to interrupt our feed. They're not going to shut us down, guys. We're here for you. We're not backing down. They're going <laughs> to... Uh, John has a John has a long mustache, and the chair is by the wall. It's against the wall. Oh, it's against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <clears throat> yeah, it's not. Shut down, man. Uh, well, <clears throat> we're gonna do gear horror, and it's pretty <laughs> funny. But so this should last, unless you know they cut that off, and um. That this week, we're going to talk. Well, Sean's going to talk about the Matador Arm Stinger muzzle device from our friends from Canada, Matador Arms. Uh, it's the single greatest muzzle device ever devised. Enough said. Next segment. All right. Now, next segment, we're going to go into training. <laughs> yeah. So, Matador Arms has this great product called the Stinger. It's a two component muzzle brake, right? So, the base of it, the core, is the uh, standard, what I would call a, a muzzle brake, right? So this is a ported compensator, reduces felt recoil, ports in the top, large ports on the side, vents gases, just the way you would expect it to, right? Does a great job of mitigating recoil. It's available in 5.56, 308, 9mm, and the 9mm comes in two different thread pitches, depending on what your needs are. Um, the second piece is the shell. The shell screws on over the muzzle brake, the core, and redirects the blast from the muzzle downrange away from the shooter and away from other people on the line. Basically turns this into a linear muzzle brake and forces everything forward. It's awesome. If you're shooting outdoors, it's great because you can put that shell on and the guys next to you on the line aren't getting their teeth knocked out from the concussion of your muzzle blast. Uh, if you're shooting indoors, this is awesome because it drives all those forces downrange and it's not bouncing off the walls of the port back into your head, knocking your teeth loose. Uh, if you're shooting a long barrel firearm, 16 inches or more, it's great because it reduces the felt recoil and will aid in long range precision. If you're shooting something shorter barrel, like an AR pistol, it's great because it also mitigates the recoil and muzzle blast, directs it all downrange. Like it, it's, I like it so much, pretty much every customer I deal with where they go, oh, well, I'm going to build an AR. What should I finish this off with? I go, a stinger. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I really like it that much. I've got it on a couple of guns. Um, there's there's several more guns that are going to get their current muzzle brakes replaced um, as, I, as I have time and funds to replace them. It's, it's phenomenal. It really makes... Uh, makes a much more pleasant shooting experience. Yeah. I mean, we've used them. Uh, we have them on the uh, Rob rifle, which we use for the diversity shoots. And uh, the reason we got it was because it actually does not send that blast right back into your ears. We shoot a gun for higher range. That's where we host most of these events. And I had Rob's rifle in the first port, which is against the wall. And the guy running the port, I forgot. Oh, Sandy was doing it. Sandy Muldoon from uh, Second Amendment Women volunteered she, to work that she's port. Not a guy, she's a woman. What was that? She's not a guy. She's a woman. 
Yes, I know. I, I, I misspoke. Anyway, no, I forget. Actually, I forgot who was running it until I remember Sandy coming out going, hey, man, I can't shoot that AR uh, for two hours straight in that port or teach people to shoot it for two hours straight in that port because it's killing my ears. So uh, we got the stinger in. We put it on. And I took it there before the next diversity shoot and just round ran rounds through it. And it did nothing, no echo, no blast coming off the sidewall. I even switched because it's a, the, the walls on my left. I switched to left hand shooting just to see if I can feel the concussive blast. Nothing. So I was like, this is perfect for this. It's awesome. It looks really cool. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head what metal is used in the core. But if you're in a state that requires you to drill and pin or weld your muzzle brake into place, it's a soft enough material that you can you can do that. It's not terribly hard where you're gonna burn through like 14 drill bits trying to get it trying to get it done. Um, and wh what about cost compared to other muzzle devices like it? Okay, so I have these on the website. They're available through me for $99. That's pretty much the going rate anywhere you find this. Um, if you look at any other similar device from another manufacturer, you're going to pay twice as much. Yep. So there you go. And this one is a little bit lower profile than some of the other ones. So if you're looking to, to get it sized so it looks right with a handguard that runs all the way the length of the barrel, you can probably do that. Um, I want to say it's a one in a... 1.75 inch outer diameter, if I remember correctly. So as long as your handguard is a little bit bigger than that, you should be able to even mount it flush if you wanted to. Um, I never recommend countersinking it into the handguard because that allows you to get your hand a little too far forward and you can cause pretty serious injuries with that. Or if your installation isn't good, if you've got a bad crush washer or whatever, you can actually vent gases behind the muzzle brake and cause your handguard to blow apart. So run, run your barrel length at least to the end of your handguard and then put this on on top of it. But I've done a few, even with uh, the Tipper Creek Outdoors handguards, where it's really close and it looks really, really nice. And it's just a sharp-looking piece by itself, right? Whatever you put this on, it's going to look good. Yep. That's why I have it on my stuff, because it works. And, I mean, truthfully, they sent it to me. It works. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. <clears throat> and um, hey, I'm my 10 JR pistol. I've got, we did one on uh, Doc's project counterpart mm -hmm. that was the built to counter the RPK. Uh, there's one on that. Tim did one on his zombie dream gun. Uh, Joe is going to get one for her 10 and a half inch AR pistol. I've, I've done a bunch of these. Dan Ingram has them on at least one of his guns. I want to say his red rifle definitely has it. And we might have put one on one of the other guns. Both both of the rifles have it because I saw his advertisement. No, Okay. Anyway, that was... Because he's got three. He's got red, white, and blue, right? That's the yep. whole thing. And mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure red and, red and white both have it. The blue one, I think, has some of Yep, because he, him and uh, Ben did their ad for 4th of July and one had the red one and one had the white one. Yeah, there you go. So, yep. Mat <laughs> Matador Arms really came through uh, with an awesome piece of kit. And uh, Yeah, it's great. The only downside is 
because they're imported from Canada, sometimes we go through shortages where it's a couple of weeks in between shipments and I might not have them for a little while. They're in stock right now uh, as of, what's today, Monday the 9th. I have them in stock. So if you want to order, you can go ahead and order. You'll get one right away. Um, I usually ship within 24 hours. So uh, depending on where you are, it, it's, you might have it in time for the weekend. Awesome. All right. That's that for Gear Whore. We'll be right back with Mad Minute. Welcome to the um, name of this Mad Minute is I Don't Need Firearms Training for Self-Defense. For self-defense. Now, the title of the episode is I Don't Need Firearms Training, but I'm going ahead and doing this Mad Minute about I Don't Need Firearms Training for Self-Defense. Well, I'll tell you right now, 100%, this might be controversial. You don't need firearms training for self-defense. I know a lot of people like, oh, my goodness, clutch my pearls. I cannot believe he said that. No, you do not need firearms training to defend yourself with a firearm. Millions of people do it every year, and millions of people, those people, many of them don't have any more training than maybe hunter safety or whatever their state requirements are for CCW. You don't need it. Now, should you have it? Should you somehow have training that increases your chances of being successful in defending yourself and your loved one on the worst day of your life? You darn skippy, you should. Should you make it a lifestyle where all you do is wear 511 clothing and send your credit card to Cabela's and Magpul? No, you don't have to do that. You own a lawnmower, don't you? Do, do you have the lawnmower lifestyle? Do you own an axe? Do you own an axe? Do you have the axe lifestyle? You know, wood choppers and stuff and just watch uh, woodworking I, on television? I got no. carrots and axes and, you know, the, the Paul Bunyan cap. And... Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm saying you don't need this firearms training, but this firearms training, especially in defensive firearms use and getting you to run your gun, will answer a lot of questions that you might not even know you have because you've never thought more deeply into it than I don't need to do any of these silly drills. How about this simple one? If you take a firearms class or even something like U.S. Law Shield, you learn your state law and self-defense. So you're not believing any of that bull crap that you hear at the gun store about, well, shoot them and drag them inside. Or there is no reason to shoot someone in the back. Or just dozens of other, oh, you can't shoot anyone that's unarmed. You can shoot someone that's stealing your car. All that ignorance gets blown out when you take a defensive firearms course, especially if you take one that they also talk about defensive uh, law or self-defense law in your state. How about this? How well can you actually shoot? I don't mean the last rounds you put through the gun at the end of your once or twice a year range session. I mean the first one. 
the first one, when you draw from concealment, punch out, if that's how you do, or bowl out, or uh, teacup and saucer, or whatever you do, where do you put that round? Because that's the one that counts. My granddad taught me to hunt. Hunting has nothing to do with your living room at 11 o'clock in the afternoon when someone kicks your door open. Excuse me, 11 in the morning when someone kicks your door open. Yes, because everything doesn't take place at midnight. How about the ones that do take place in the dark? Do you know how to use your firearm and a flashlight to identify who it is that goes bump in the night? I'm not going to tell you you need to take firearms training. But what I am going to tell you is you probably don't know what you don't know about firearms training. Pull your head out of your backside. You know what I was going to You know what I was going to say. Wrecked them. Darn near killed them. Darn near killed them. I'm just saying, spend some money on at least learning your state law. Spend some money, a little bit, set it aside, and take at least one actual firearms training class to learn how to run your gun effectively and efficiently. Do you even know how to get a mag in? Do you know how to clear jam? Do you know how to do any of that stuff? Because if the answer is no, or you can eventually fumble through it, understand every time, if someone's shooting at you, anytime you spend not putting rounds on them or in their general direction, is seconds coming off your life clock that you may never get back. So do you need to take firearms training for self-defense? No. Does firearm training make you better and give you some idea and educate you on not only self-defense law, but your own skill set? Yes. So I'm not going to tell you what to do because you're an adult. You're an adult. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you want to improve, you're going to get training. That's the only way you're going to improve. There are no shortcuts in this. You're going to have to learn how to do it correctly. That's the end of my mad minute that lasted like five minutes. <laughs> what do you got to say, Sean? Well, that was one of the shorter ones. Yeah, I couldn't get ticked off. Plus, I have other follow-up. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the big takeaway is, and, and you've certainly experienced it, I've experienced it, is you go to a training course with a gun you think you know pretty well, you've been shooting a long time, and as soon as there's a little bit of pressure, your brain goes, and that's it. All of a sudden, nothing works right. You you know, never mind that you're an experienced shooter. You look like you've never even held a gun before. Because uh -huh. the pressure breaks your brain. And you need to learn to process that part of it, too. Because I guarantee, whether it's a beep from a timer or an instructor through uh, rapid drills or, uh, you know, being thrust into a life-and-death scenario, if your body and brain don't understand how to handle that stress, it's going to fail, right? And protecting your family is a bad time to have a brain fart. Yeah, um, here's the thing. Bill's confidence. If you know you've done this a lot, if you know you've trained and thought about this scenario before because you set aside some portion of your paycheck to learn this, you have a confidence when that thing go bump in the night, when, when that chill runs down your spine, you go, I know this gun. I know this gun because I use this guy. Now, do I know this scenario? No. 
but I know I can hit something at this distance. Or when you have something happen in the street, you've already got your draw down. And you know, again, that you can hit center mass at, at, at street altercation distances. You just have to know your skill set. And there's no way to guess your skill set if you don't go to the range and work on it. <laughs> I promise you, if you don't practice and you think your skill set is, uh, is acceptable, you're wrong. Yeah. Now, understand, you only have to be better than the bad guy. Right. But do you know if he practices? Or understand, Lady Luck doesn't care who you are. We have an inmate in my prison that never shot a gun before. Ever. Until he decided that he wanted to go kill someone. And he pulls his gun out and just points it and ends up shooting the guy between the eyes through a windshield. That was the first time he ever pulled the trigger. Just saying. Luck doesn't care who you are. And sometimes a bad guy has a saying too. Has a say in, in, in the crime that, you know, in, in the fight right. for your life. It, it's not just a given that, you know, you're a good guy, so you're going to win because life is your movie. Yeah, the credits can roll any time on that movie. All right. I think we should slide to the next segment, Training Concepts. <laughs> it is what it is, man, right? Like, luck is a thing. Nickelback. Sometimes luck is enough. And you don't need skill. <laughs> but if you build skill and talent, it's going to improve your luck. So, oh, what's next? Hey, we're going to talk about training concepts and training concepts today. We're going to talk about what benefits there are in training or to training. And what do you learn there? What, what do you learn in actual self-defense training? So I'll start out with stuff like when we take Mike Wolf's classes. Now, again, mm-hmm. the ones coming up in, on, on the 25th of this month of July it is like handgun too. I keep forgetting the name of it. Home defender handgun, right? Correct. Home defender handgun tactics. That's it's specifically for deploying a handgun within your home. That's that's the whole thing, right? So it's very defensive based. Uh, Mike covers a lot of stuff, but yeah. And this is this is the second iteration of the course. So if you took the first one, we're going to build upon those things. If you haven't taken the first one, uh, you're going to have to practice on your own and, and get caught up but feel free to jump in on this one as well yeah the, the having taken the first handgun class is not does not mean <clears throat> there's not a prerequisite for the class you can take it right away right. and and this class includes operating a flashlight with your handgun and that's the things that people don't understand so i'll go ahead and kick it off with this this is one of the things mike talks about in his classes and that's understanding self-defense law in your state. That's just Mike's particular class that I've taken, but others have it too in their states. And that's really important because the last thing you want to do is think you're defending your family and end up committing a felony and going to jail and not being there to protect your family. Right. Another thing, another thing you learn is um, how modern criminals attack. It's funny because the gun community in their wisdom, in, in that gun store wisdom, in that Wives tell wisdom still talks about like the one crackhead robbing you at knife point in an alley or just like, 
just stuff that's not really happening now. One of the big things happen now, actually home invasions. Right. Or, or, and it's multiple attackers coming into your home because they can swarm and overwhelm you if you're not prepared and if your doors aren't secured and all that kind of thing. It tells you what's actually happening in the modern world. Not that thing you grew up with, that attack, that one guy with a ski mask and a, and a mag light. You know what I mean? It, it, it's totally different. And that's one of the things that you get educated on in a modern self-defense class. Oh, and another thing, modern shooting methods. Yeah, that teacup and saucer, that whole draw the firearm and roll it out like you're bowling. Um, the FBI no, no, no. truck. What's up? You're, you're, you're going to blade out so that your firing hand is pointing directly at your target in line with your shoulder. Uh, your shoulders <laughs> in line with each other so that you are perpendicular to the target with your support hand uh, flat at the base of your spine just above your buttocks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yep, Olympic shooting position. But <laughs> my, my whole thing is, again, you might have learned from your granddad, but your granddad learned it from his drill instructors prior to the Korean War. And right. of course, your drill instructors picked it up to pre-World War II training, which was the same training from the late 1900s until pre-World War II. So now you're using a 100-year-old freaking skill set. That might work, but a lot of things have changed. Um, better methods, better control of you, your firearm. Again, multiple bad guys. All of that could have changed. And if you learn how to mitigate the recoil of your handgun, you can get more rounds on target quicker. But hey, you won't know that unless you go take some and learn what the modern shooting methods are. Now, they might not be better than what you can do, but at least know what they are. And then another thing is determining your skill level and then raising your skill level. Just because you can hit a milk jug when you're hanging out with your friends at wherever you guys shoot at or, or plink a beer can is not the same thing as defensive shooting is not the same thing as learning how to put that round where it needs to be under a stressor and pressure. And I'm not saying going and taking training is the equivalent of an actual life or death situation, but it's a whole lot more stress than hanging out with your buds, shooting a milk, milk bottle. Just saying. Another one. How's this? because this is one of the trainings I took is you're testing your skill against others because as human beings, we do compare ourselves to the next person on the firing line. So now all of a sudden you see where you stand compared to other people that are doing the exact same thing you are. You might be better. You might be worse, but wherever you start the class at, you should really finish at a higher level than when you started. Top 10 what? finisher. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about this? You bought your stuff because that's what your friend sold you. So you got the holster he sold you. You got the gun he sold you. You may even have a second magazine carrier he sold you. And you just stuck it on your belt. You haven't really practiced and trained, again, under a stressor, under a timer. 
So you don't know how your setup works. Like, how do you do your reload? How do you go back to it? What's the most efficient and effective way to get rounds on target or get your gun back into a fight? You'll learn that. Which way is your magazine facing in that magazine carrier so that when you go to jam it into the firearm, is it pointing in the right direction? And is that even... And is that even necessary for you? If it is, cool. If it's not, cool. But how's this? What's everyone else doing? Maybe one method won't work. Maybe you've never thought about anything else. And you'll look at the guy next to you and go, wow, that looked a lot easier than what I'm doing. And again, how about you learn your gun? You'll learn how to run your gun. If you're one of those people that carries your firearm with nothing in the chamber because you're afraid that it'll go off, then you need to get more confidence in your firearm and with the time behind your gun. You'll learn from fellow students because they're going to be around learning from you. Some of them might have taken multiple classes. You'll not only learn from the instructor, you learn from the whole environment if you open yourself up to it. One of the cooler things is you get to shoot other people's guns because that's kind of sort of what we do as gun people anyway. So now you not only shot your Glock, you've checked out someone else's Walther. You checked out someone else's 1911 that costs like $4,000 that you'd never buy. You checked out someone else's race gun who they have their self-defense gun set up totally different than yours, or you'll see something totally new that makes your experience better, or you'll go, I won't spend my money on that stuff because people have stuff break in classes too. Here's the thing. That's really been been valuable to me is like, I see a lot of what I I don't like, right? But without that exposure to it, I can't make a decision on it. Yeah, and other people's experience, and you can talk to them and find out they've been doing this for X number of years, and what worked and didn't work. You kind of form, if not friendships, at least conversations that day with people who are of the same mindset as you to improve their ability to protect themselves and their families. If you plan on using a firearm defensively, you need to know your limits. Not doing your favorite drills but testing your skills. And one way to learn those skills is to actually take a defensive firearms class. That's what I've had to say about training concepts today. Got anything to add to that, John? That's it, man. It doesn't have to be like the the guy you saw on YouTube either. Find your local firearms instructor. I guarantee there's somebody in your town who's deeper into this than you are that you can check out for a lot less than somebody who's nationally recognized. And you're going to get good takeaway information from that course as well. Right. Support your local gunfighter, support your local firearms instructor, your local businesses, whatever it is. Um, But there's, there's plenty of resources out there that you can tap into and it's not going to require a ton of money. It's not going to require, uh, major travel expense, stuff like that. It doesn't even have to be a major equipment investment, right? You need to pay for the class. You need ammo. You need a gun. You need a couple of spare magazines. Eye and ear protection and maybe a hat to keep the sun off your head, but (laughs) that's That's about it. it. Yep. Right? Everything else you probably have. 
So um, be receptive to it too. If what you're learning is different than what you learned in the previous class, try it anyway, right? You yep. may find that for certain scenarios, you like one better than the other. And in other scenarios, your opinion is different. Um, but you, you have to experiment with it. You have to try it. You have to be open and receptive to it. Do it for a little while. And if once you make an educated decision that no, this technique is not for me because I have short thumbs and don't like manipulating the firearm that way, that's fine. But try it, be receptive to it. Um, understand that training is an opportunity to learn, not an opportunity for you to showcase your skills. And here's another thing, and I just want to put that out there. Whatever your instructor showing you might or might not work for you. If it doesn't work for you, don't throw that away because we all end up teaching someone, you know, lessons, even if it's uh, uh, not on a professional level. And that lesson that they taught you that you can't use, you might be able to teach someone else and they can use it. So don't throw all, out the baby with the bathwater. Just, just keep the nuggets that are important and you can actually teach someone else. We'll be right back with gun culture. <laughs> episode 33. I don't need firearms training. The episode where Tony goes, yeah, you don't need it. <laughs> and, and people are shocked. You need to be educated, though. We're in the gun culture segment. And I'll go ahead and say firearms training can be expensive, especially if you're on a limited budget. And there's a lot of stuff you can do that doesn't entail that that could increase your survival survivability in an altercation or keep you out of having an altercation in the first place, keep you from having an altercation in the first place. Well, gosh, Tony, what do you suggest? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> it, it's really funny because it's. It's so simple. It's one of those abide by the golden rule, treat people like you'd like to be treated. Yep. So it's, it's sometimes confrontations turn out violently and I'm sorry, I was wrong. My bad. Let me buy you a drink. I'm sorry. And just walk off. I mean, keeping your defensive posture, making sure you don't, you know, turn your back on someone that might be a threat, but just apologizing and trying to slide out of any situation because it's really not worth that legal confrontation. Um, how about that? <laughs> that's, that's just one of them, and, and it's something we should all know. How about pay attention to your surroundings? Get out of your phone. Pay attention. Look around. If you're in your car, lock the doors of your vehicle. Like, we all got better at driving the longer we did it because we started paying attention to what happened beyond our front bumper and start looking past the car in front of us and, and, and recognizing your surroundings and using all of your mirrors. Well, it's the same thing with situational awareness. When you pull up to the convenience store, look at what you're doing. Look through the glass to see if someone's holding the place up. Not just look at it as, wow, there's the building. Pay attention to what's around you and don't let people roll up on you. All this stuff is free that you don't need to take training for, but can help you avoid 
having to use your defensive firearm skills in the first place, what little you may or may not have. Learn to talk to people, as in de-escalate a situation, which I was talking to before, but use key words. Le learn that verbal judo that people talk about. That's actually the name of a book also. I didn't know that. I just thought that was a phrase. But it's one of the things we learned while I was in the military. But you saw it when you were a kid, when your mom used that voice on you or used your middle name. Yeah. That was that whole, com that was that whole command presence. Or the when teacher called you out. Yeah. That was all command presence and voice projection. That's not necessarily something you use. I mean, you know, that, that you need to take defensive firearms training to learn, but, but it's all little things that you can apply. Not that, Oh crap. What am I going to do now? It's, Hey, there's a guy hanging out in the parking lot for no darn reason in the dark section of the convenience store. Let me pull up in the front and keep an eye on this dude. All right, no one else is in the store. I'm keeping my eye on this guy. If he make, gives me the willies, put it in reverse, get out of the parking lot. Somebody else can deal with that. I'll go to the next convenience store. Of course, being from the country, we had like one <laughs> And truthfully, I probably would know the sketchy dude in a dark corner because, again, we had one convenience store. But you know what I'm talking about. Just pay attention to your surroundings. What do you got to say about that? What do, what do you have to say about like slash free <laughs> stuff you can learn about um, defense? Yeah. Wargaming is, is the one I always got. And, and that also kind of pertains to situational awareness. Take a look at the people around you and start reading them. Look at the way they move. Think about what you can perceive from what they show you, right? Uh, right now, I'm sitting in a parking lot. I can see a bunch of people, right? There's a woman walking over here uh, pushing a shopping cart. There's an old man with a cane. Obviously, the old man with a cane probably is not that much of a threat. He's got other things going on in his life. He's not looking to rob me. This woman is packing groceries into the trunk of her car. This guy that just got out of the pickup truck with the, the bulging muscles and the, the cut-off T-shirt, I may pay him a little more attention than the other two. Right? Mm-hmm. He's a much more physical person than the other two. So right off the bat, I know that he presents more of a physical threat should he choose to become aggressive than the other two people. I also know the old man probably isn't going to be much help, and the woman – might call 911, but she's not going to rescue me if this dude decides he's going to jump on me, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm thinking about what tools do I have on me to utilize to defend myself? What else can I discern about my immediate surroundings? Do I want to necessarily park where I am? I might choose to park in a different part of the parking lot because of where this guy's parked, right? There's nothing yep. wrong with this guy. There's absolutely – he's not giving me the heebie-jeebies. You know, the hair on my neck isn't standing up, none of that stuff. But if you're constantly looking at people and paying attention to them, um, you're at least aware and, and you, you can set off that early warning earlier than when the fight actually starts, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I'm, I'm a big proponent of is as you walk past people, make eye contact. And it doesn't have to be hostile like you're staring them down. Just get in the habit of saying hello to everyone you see. 
right? When I, when I lived in Jersey, uh, there was a drug dealer up the street. He was there every day selling drugs all day long, right? I, I don't know why he never got arrested or whatever, but you could watch him make deals all day long. I had to walk past him to get to work every day. I didn't get hostile with him. I said, good morning. It got to the point where he would see me a block away and wave, hi, right? He no <laughs> longer perceives me as a threat. I get to walk right past him every day. I'm not interfering with his business. He's not interfering with mine. Uh, and maybe that prevented something from happening that, that could have gone a different way. Simple things like that. If, if you travel to and from the city, if you're on a train, just any of those things, get your nose out of your phone, look around at the people that are near you because 100% of violent conflicts between people involve people. So if you pay attention, if you pay attention to the people, you may be able to avoid a violent conflict, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, just, just break them down. Everybody's going to tell you a little bit about themselves, whether they mean to or not. Right. Uh, the off duty cop that wears the five eleven stuff and the, and the polo shirt. You, you probably recognize him as an off-duty cop before he tells you he's an off-duty cop, right? Simple things like that. The dude that comes into the, into your workplace wearing the, the soccer jersey, you know he's a soccer fan. That information is right in front of you. All you have to do is read it, recognize it, and internalize it. And then Another thing you I'm, can utilize oh, it. Yep. Another thing I want to talk about that you can use for free is the internet. Now, again, I don't mean any garbage off the internet. I mean things like learning what the law is in your state that can be done for free. That really can be done for free. You don't need to take a class for that, but deeper understanding of it, you might have to. But at least know whether, you know, Castle Doctrine applies, Stand Your Ground applies, and what that actually means in your state. Um, train the limitations and requirements of those laws in your state. Yep. Training. How about some decent training from places like personal defense network on YouTube? You can even check out their website. They have a lot of free training. They have drills. How about stuff like checking out Steve Fisher's what Sentinel concepts. He has a YouTube channel. I mean, he's a national level instructor. You can learn some stuff from there. You can learn some drills from there. Arm Dynamics with Jeff Bluvman. Another yeah, thing, that's, practically. That's tactical. the one I was just going to say is uh, Jeff Bluvman's another good one. He's, he's semi-local. He's down in Philly, right? Yeah, he's in Philly. And I'm just saying there are people out there that do training. Uh, Kevin Dixon, he has stuff on his never, uh, NOC training. There are people that you can look at and watch that have national reputations that you can learn from. You might learn, not learn everything, but basic drills. Um, um, what are you, the time limits, the part time, so being able to do some drills, maybe even the why behind the drills. So it's, it's stuff like that. You can, you can either follow these people's pages on, on Instagram. You can follow their pages on Facebook. You can check out their YouTube channel. All this information is free. I'm not saying it's a substitute for actual training. I'm saying it's free. And, and it's just more information than you had before you clicked on it. And then the last thing is first aid. First aid is very important. 
some stuff might be free at your local firehouse or free at your local uh, volunteer uh, first aid station, or maybe it's not, but at least you should learn some first aid just because of life itself. So that's everything I have that you can possibly learn for free or pick up on your own or should pick up on your own as a supplement to the training you've actually taken. What do you got to say about, you think that's about clears it all up, man? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton out there. Hey, here's the other thing, right? And it's one somehow we, we didn't touch on. I think we touch on it in every single episode, and the words have not yet been uttered in this one, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Dry fire practice. Dry fire practice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's free. It has absolutely no cost whatsoever. You can do your dry fire practice and improve your shooting skills that way too, right? You can do basic drills. If you want to hang a target on the wall and focus on your sight alignment, sight picture, doing that part of your marksmanship skills with your dry fire practice, that's great too. All of those things cost you nothing. Take advantage. All right. We'll be back. Talk to you guys in a second. Welcome to the shout out section. Uh, we want to give some shout outs to people this week. And what I would like to do is, is that and information at the same time. So uh, shout outs go to our patrons, patrons on Patreon. There you go. These are people that donate money every your, month. Your patron, patrons of Patreon. Oh, like it's easy to say. Anyway, the patrons on Patreon donate money every month to us. Um, and that's awesome. It's just on a monthly basis. So we decided to do something cool for them. And right now, I know we talked about it before. So we have knives being serialized, limited edition knives from Car Arms that are Spydeco Delicas and their car arms version of the Spydeco Delica. Uh, we're having our logo put on the side. And once we hit, wait, what's the magic number we're going to do? How many, pa we have five patrons now. Uh, and I'll give the shout outs to Rob Pinkus. Right. Do we, do we yep. want to do 10 or 25? Cause 15 is weird. Yeah. So we have five now and the five pa patrons are Rob Pinkus, uh, Sean Heron, Tim DeBreeze, Ryan Allen, and Rob Smith. Um, if you heard some of those names, that's pretty cool. Rob Pincus runs uh, Personal Defense Network and ICE Training. Uh, Sean Heron actually runs the Firearms Radio Network and is on, I think, three or four different shows on the network itself. And uh, Tim, Tim's a friend of yours, right, Sean? Yeah, Tim DeBree has been a, a he's been with uh, the BBR brand since day one. He affectionately refer to him as the street team because he was like you know what you should do t-shirts i would wear a t-shirt if you made those I was like, <laughs> all right guess i gotta do t-shirts so he i think he literally has like the first t-shirt i ever made then we have ryan allen who is a fan of the work we do so he's donated and then we have rob smith uh, the guy who donated the base of Rob's rifle and also a co-host on the Gun and Gear Review podcast with us. So, awesome. I mean, these these guys really believe in what we're doing and put their money where their mouth is on a monthly basis. So what we'd like to do is help you guys out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you guys for helping us out. Man, talk about reversing the sentence while you were saying it. Anyway, and we're going to have a drawing 
as soon as we hit ten. what the heck 10 let's do 10 yep i'm excited man i want this to happen soon yeah, but when I sound excited, I start shrieking like a little girl. So listen. Yeah, but I, I don't mind. I yeah. Christmas every year. <laughs> so if you want a one in 10 chance of winning a limited edition knife, not only logoed, but serialized, become a patron. Help us out. Go to patreon.com. The second is for everyone. 2A4E takes you right to the page. And you can donate on a monthly basis and help us out. You can donate as little as, as a dollar and as much as you want to. Um, really, really appreciate it, man. Uh, and that's only a dollar. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like five bucks, right? Don't be well, ridiculous about it. My thing is just pretend you're buying Sean and I a cup of coffee every month. A cup of coffee for each of us that we share while you listen to the podcast on the way to work. <laughs> You can't share a cup of coffee because I drink my sissy fruit fruit coffee. You would never get anywhere near it. <laughs> your, your coffee would, would kill me. Aggravates your diabetes. The diabetes flare up would kill me. I'd go blind. <laughs> what was that noise? Me crashing into a tree because I drank freaking Sean's sugar water. Oh, <laughs> my God. God. So Patreon is one of the ways you can help support us. GoFundMe is another. If you don't want to do the whole monthly thing and have it taken out of your checking account, cool. You can just blast out like uh, Matthew Dropko did or Chris Williams did or, or you guys help me out like Jess uh, on 4th of July and send some money my way. And that money will go to helping the second is for everyone put on events. Really appreciate that. Patreon is recurring where GoFundMe is a one-time donation. One-time shot. Both of them are greatly appreciated. Uh, what's next? Uh, handgun defense. Wow. <laughs> Home, Home defense defender handgun, handgun tactics. <laughs> Man, I don't know what the heck the problem is. Home defender handgun tactics. It's easy for you to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. You shouldn't make fun of special kids. Anyway, uh, that's coming up on the 25th. Really, it is worth coming out to because it's less than 100 bucks to learn how to use your white light to defend your home, to check your home, to use it in, in, in concert with your firearm, um, to not walk, go around saying ignorant stuff like if you turn on a flashlight, they'll blast you right away because they know where you are. Well, there are ways a blue light. Use a blue light. Use a green light. Even use the red light. But my thing is using You don't a... have to put on the red light. Nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> when, when did this become the dad joke podcast? When you oh. had a dad on the show with you. You haven't been a dad that long to suck that bad. It's <laughs> awesome. In the hospital, when the baby was born, I started. It's like... <laughs> Hours from Castle Grayskull infused into your body, and you just you, you can do it now. Oh God, that sucked. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Um, what, what this has gone completely oh. off the rails. Yeah. Okay. What else we're doing? All right. Um, we have. Hey, did I mess up? Or don't we have a Minuteman challenge coming up this month? We got a Minuteman challenge coming up. Holy crud, Ruckers! In 
less than two weeks. Snappy. Yep, we have a Minuteman right. Challenge coming up. Yeah. On June. No, that was that was no. an old one. July. Is there one in July or August? We sound so <laughs> incompetent right now. Oh, it's only a live show. Don't worry about it. Hey guys, if you know us and you do, you're just gonna have to wait. <laughs> anyway, Minuteman Challenge coming up. Why don't you go to minutemanchallenge.com? Why don't I go to minutemanchallenge.com and see the date? Hey, that's a great idea. yeah all of you laughing in your car yeah uh you know in the meantime statler and waldorf over here the two muppets up in the balcony are just heckling everybody else worst podcast ever yeah yeah it sucks don't even know when they're hosting their own events (laughs) oh hey this is an awesome homepage. hey calendar on minutemanchallenge.com Calendar on the MinutemanChallenge.com, 721. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so July 21st, the next Minuteman Challenge, you'll be up against reigning champion Angelo Yacon, chip holder Armin Varjabedian, chip holder Ray DeJour. We'll see who else shows up. We'll see who else has the audacity to show up for the Minuteman Challenge. If you want to find out more, visit the Minuteman Challenge Facebook page. So that's the Minuteman Challenge. That's Home Defender Handgun Tactics 2. And then is the August 2nd Everyone Diversity Shoot. The tickets for that are on sale on Eventbrite right now. Just type in the second is for everyone, 2A4E. And bam, there it is. And if you want to narrow down that search, just type in Woodland Park, New Jersey, and it will come up as the first event. Hey, if you're into paintball, July 13th, 14th, 15th, I'll well, be up at uh, Invasion of Normandy at Skirmish USA, running a booth up there with all the tactical gear and goodies uh, for the, the paintball community. That's the world's largest paintball game at Skirmish USA in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania can come see me there too how about that yes so get on it guys that's awesome so let me see boom 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 help us out donate awesome sauce really appreciate you guys listening every week do me a favor share the show because we're on youtube we're on spotify we're on google play we're on itunes so we have a lot of the major places down so you can share it with your friends really appreciate it getting the word out because i see you guys are enjoying the shows Give us some feedback. Um, do those iTunes reviews or even hit us back with an email at Tony at diversity shoot.com to tell us what you think of the podcast, how we can improve it. And, and just positive word every now and again, positive even feedback. Um, if you have positive feedback, email Tony at diversity shoot.com. If you want to send hate <laughs> mail, send that to Sean at black bag resources.com. Uh, I Tony only wants good stuff and I only want the negative. So you might as well mark that negative hashtag. Why don't you throw this away? But, um... <laughs> All right, guys. Really, thank you. And constructive criticism is appreciated. Hey, Sean, what do you got to say about the show, man? What do you got to say to everyone? This was a terrible episode. This is garbage. I don't know how you people listen to this drivel week after week after week. <laughs> I am ashamed to be part of this. If you'd like to be the co-host of the Second Is For Everyone podcast, email Tony at DiversityShoot.com with your resume. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia.
Thank <laughs> you.